Welcome to the show. I'm your host, Dr. Mike Wall. Well, so far this January, we've had inspiring stories of choosing a positive attitude and mindset to start the new year off right. We had another episode on ditching diets in exchange for a balanced approach to nutrition. That leaves one major topic left out, and that is exercise. Well, to get the lowdown on fitness, we are very lucky to have a good friend of mine, Coach Chris Wilson, on the show. He'll share tips on how to find the right resources for exercise, and most importantly, how we should exercise no matter what our age. Now, I've known Chris for over 20 years as we both began our careers in personal training in the States. Since that time, he's gone on to become one of the most influential online fitness experts in the world. Him and the team at Critical Bench have over three quarters of a million subscribers on their YouTube channel, where they recently surpassed an unbelievable 100 million views of their content. He's dedicated his life to helping others understand the often complex world of fitness. And today, we have him all to ourselves. Let's check it out. Hey, Chris, welcome to the show. Hello there, Mike. Nice to see you. It's good to see you. It's been a long time, almost 20 years, I'd say. It's been very close to 20 years. We used to see each other every day. You definitely found your place in the fitness world. And that's really what you do is you give advice that's proper, that's scientific, that's accurate to people so that they have a trusted resource. And that's really why I wanted you to come here today. When you first started the industry, it was much different than it is now. How has the fitness industry space changed in your career? Yeah. Um, well, it was obviously, you know, when I started, there was no, there was just internet, you know, there was, uh, people had websites, uh, there was no YouTube, there was no Facebook. I mean, this is, that stuff was all 10 years down the line almost, you know? So the, 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 I'll tell you, personal training was booming at that point. There was so much going on in terms of certification workshops and ongoing learning and stuff like that. And things I was attending on a regular basis, uh, even when we were at body tuning, right? We used to to go to, to the, go to these things together sometimes. And there was so much out there. And I think there was some really, really good, talented, you know, high level people that we were all learning from back then. And I think what happens as with most things, things get watered down a little bit over time. So I think with, especially with all these social platforms, everybody started to proclaim that they were the expert on something. So I think you went from like in the late nineties, a lot of people that were highly educated, really knew their stuff to like 10 years later, like, you know, who do I trust at this point? You know, what, what, what's their background? What are their credentials? You know, do they really know what they're talking about? I do think, I think the biggest change, Mike, is that we went from a, a fairly small group of people mm-hmm. early on that had the ability to, to, to have a platform to everybody has a platform. Mm-hmm. And so it, it's just, I think it's very confusing because everyone says that their method of training is the best. So yeah. uh, the, the, the beginner level person who's looking for answers doesn't really know like who to believe. Right. And right. it gets very confusing. Well, that's the thing. I think that also this, it's based on experience for you. So it's not just your passion, but you have worked with a variety of populations. You have anything from uh, high level athletes to senior citizens to whatever. And that's what we're going to talk about today is that broad spectrum, because I think that you've been working long enough to know what works, what doesn't work, how people don't get hurt, how do they do it safely, how do they do it effectively. And besides just being motivating as a person, you get results. And when you get results, 
that keeps people coming back more than anything. So I think that's really important. If, if somebody is going to start out, first thing they should probably do is find somebody that they can trust. Okay. So we're going to cover a lot in this hour, but the, it won't be enough to be able to get them up to their high level of health literacy. What should somebody look for in somebody to help them? Yeah. I mean, obviously I, I honestly, I think it's, who did they learn from or what was the the governing body that they, you know, was it, uh, you know, they went and did a, a weekend seminar and they, they got their degree, you know, they got their certification or has this been like more of a lifelong journey for them? Were they, were they athletes in their younger years? And typically I would say a lot of the people in this line of work come from some type of like athletic background which is what kind of got them into human performance, got them interested in it. I guess just uh, exposing yourself to on a regular basis is what is what what was the mechanism that really got them going? Was it like, oh, this is like a, a way to make money or this person genuinely absolutely loves movement mm-hmm. and they are probably spending a lot of their free time doing and reading about this themselves, yeah. or this is just a, a punching of the clock. Like, let me just get in, get out. And, you know, they don't really make this part of their life. Right. And that comes across in their attitudes and everything else. I mean, I remember my first job, I got into training because I got hired on at the gym. So I was playing sports uh, in university and ended up having to check shoe tags because the membership had to have a little stupid shoe tag on their shoe. So I was sitting there, I was bored out of my mind. So I got up and started training people and I learned that way. And so I did it for free, did it on my own, but that's the, that's kind of how it works. Right. And then you want to learn more. So like you going over and working with uh, Ben and all those things. If somebody's going to start out, there are certain things they need to have, like certain definitions of things like variables in exercise, things like sets and reps. Can you walk us through what are the things people should pay attention to instead of just doing a certain exercise? Like how do they do it and use the variables properly? Yeah. I mean, it's it's a great question because there are, there's a lot of different ways to get to an end result, you know, there's, you know, if you take a bodybuilder, for example, there, you could pick 10 different bodybuilders and all of them when they're on stage look amazing side by side, but their path to get to that point was very different. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the same for a lot of people when it comes to the sets and the reps and the duration and all these the frequency and stuff, it depends on, you know, what you're doing, your, your method of of, of training specifically, like, are you the type of person that likes a lot of calisthenics and body weight type routines? Are you somebody that likes to push a little more intensely, maybe with barbell training or dumbbells? Uh, so I think first you got to kind of, or, or you're the person that likes to mix it up. Mm-hmm. And that's where I am at my stage. You know, I'm in, in my middle forties. I like a little bit of everything. Mm-hmm. Um, I like to, try and move with body weight. I like to move with barbells and dumbbells. I like to use bands and mini bands and, and cable and plate loaded equipment. We do uh, turf drills and stuff. And so there's uh, isometrics. There's so many different forms of activity and you can really make one workout so different. uh, You know, uh, one barbell workout could be so different from another barbell workout, depending on, you know, the, the type of lifts that you're doing. And again, what's the, the, you know, how many sets are you doing? Are you working with heavy loads with low repetition or light loads with high repetition? Are you doing timed things? 
Are you playing around with your rest uh, periods, you know, short rests, longer rests? There's so many different things to do, but that's where I think having someone initially, if you are a true beginner, someone that you can work with on a one-on-one, whether that's, you know, just for a few hours, just to get you on the right path. Mm -hmm. Uh, So many people, they just... They read an article. This came up in a, a recent podcast I did. They read an article or, or see something on television and that becomes their thing. Like that's the fad right now. And so they, people all dive into it, whether they like it or don't like it. It's just, it's, they, they, they see something, it looks interesting, so they go for it. And it, it might be good, but it might not be good. Or it might be good, but they don't like it, right? Mm-hmm. Or, or it might stink, but they do like, you know, it's just so many different mm-hmm. things. It, people, again, it, there's a lot of confusion, but I think you have to find a trusted resource and and somebody that that you can consult with to, to try and understand where they can really explain themselves through a particular style of training. Mm-hmm. It needs to make sense to you and it needs to be something that you can can stick with. Any workout will work for you. I think if you can make, if you can stick with it, mm-hmm. uh, and and that, that that's the biggest thing. But the the sets and reps are important, mm-hmm. but not as important as how are you are you are you doing it three four five times a week six times a week or is this something that's just a, a hit or miss that you really can't stand doing? Mm-hmm. You're you're not a, doing a good job of making it part of your life. I've always said in almost all my YouTube videos, you know, if 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 you love it you'll stick with it. Mm-hmm. If you can't stand it, it's going to be fleeting. You're going to maybe do it for a couple of weeks and then poof, you're looking for the next routine. That's the new, you know, trending, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and I, I don't know. I, I mean, we could talk all day long. It's, it's hard to get too specific unless I know like kettlebell training, very different from barbell training, which is very different from suspension training, you know? Yeah. So, but they're all good. I think, well, I think he said the point though earlier, it's sort of like if I have my car is damaged and everybody has injuries, for example, they come in, you don't go into a shop and they give you all the tools and say, go ahead and rebuild your vehicle. You'd never do that. You would hire somebody who's an expert to fix the vehicle and what you're saying. And this is, I'm really glad that you said this and you put it this way is that everybody's unique. Everybody needs to take things differently and having somebody help guide you through it, especially if you're confused and you've never worked on a car before, is probably a really good idea. No, no doubt about it. I mean, th- right. That's a whole other side of it too. Yeah. Is like, what, what, are, what's one body type versus another, you know, what injuries are you dealing with that this person isn't dealing with, you know, this person's five foot five, this person's six foot four, you know, the bad knees, this one's got bad shoulders. It's like, you know, so the, the, the workouts are going to look very, very different, mm-hmm. uh, but they can still be very, very productive and very enjoyable. We're here with online fitness expert, coach Chris Wilson from Critical Bench, as he shares his tips for effective exercise, no matter what your age. When we come back, he'll share some important do's and don'ts for young people as they venture into the gym. We'll be right back. Welcome back. We're here with coach Chris Wilson, who's an online fitness expert, whose videos have been watched by millions of viewers around the world. In this segment, he shares some tips for young people as they start into resistance training and how they can do it safely and effectively. 
All right, Chris, we're going to start talking now about training younger populations. And like you said before, there is no exact formula for any two young people. Um, but what are some things that young folks should know before they start to exercise and go into a gym? I think the best thing a young person can do is really model uh, proper movement with those compound lifts so that they know the technique is there and they can start with the lighter loads doing those movement patterns properly, create those good habits right out of the gate. And then you can start stacking that weight and, you know, that'll help you in your sport, whatever it is. But, you know, you could really get hurt, you know, doing a deadlift improperly. So uh, those, those core lifts are, are key. I would say secondly, when it comes to those younger people is to, explore the world of, of lower reps. Uh, really, if you're going for strength, you got to work with, you know, a higher percentage of your one rep max and lower repetitions. And I really wish someone sat me down at like 20 years old when I was training my butt off in college and I was strong just kind of by nature. And cause I, I was exercising, I had big brothers. I always wanted to be strong like them. So I was always pretty strong, but how much stronger I would have been had I spent put more time and energy into like five by five training and, and, and really, you know, again, owning the technique, really being good, but then also working with those proper uh, poundages and, you know, having a, a, a workout parameter that really was going to lead me to strength mm -hmm. because I think I was doing everything for both strength and size, which worked for me to some extent, but I think everything was just far too much volume based for me. I should have done more stuff uh, that was lower rep work with higher weight and working on my explosiveness uh, with certain lifts. And, and I think that would have made me uh, actually uh, better in so many ways. Well, and, you know, I think this one message I think that I would give to the young people going in is that, it, okay, it's cool to be able to lift a lot and to show off for your buddy, but the other people in the gym that watch you with good form and good technique, pushing decent weight, well, that's a lot more. I, I respect that a lot more when I see a young person doing that because they're showing patience and they're learning, uh, you know, uh, a lot better. So I think no that, doubt. that's one thing. Should, should young men and should young women train differently uh, when they first mm -hmm. go to the gym? Pose that to you. It's a great question. Uh, and I think, you know, and my, my honest answer would be no. <laughs> certainly the weights that they're using might look a little bit different, right? Depending on their ability. I've seen some strong women too, but um, honestly, I think the, you know, the big lifts are the big lifts. And the, I've seen girls who look amazing squatting, you know, pretty good amount of weight. Uh, 135 to 225 pounds is a, is a, a pretty, you know, heavy amount of weight for most women to work with, but I've seen them work with it and their form and technique can be as good, if not better than a lot of guys who just kind of like, you know, just can kind of push through because they're strong, right? They're guys, you know, they got the muscle, they, they can, can but the, the form won't be there. So I love watching uh, a, a, a woman who's fit, who's strong, who really pays attention to the technique and the amount of uh, load that they can push or pull on a certain exercise is great. I, I think women should be doing all those same exercises, the pull-ups, the push-ups, uh, certainly, you know, for, for body weight stuff, uh, the overhead presses, the squats, certainly a lot of women kind of gravitate to the leg exercises. So you'll see them doing more of the squats, uh, more of the glute bridging and the hip thrusts and stuff like that. 
that is, you know, lends to, to more of that lower body development that most women are, are kind of going after. They kind of avoid the upper, but they don't want the upper body bulk. But um, the bulking thing is really more of a genetic thing. Uh, and if there's other things behind the scenes going on, but if you're just eating a clean diet and exercising four or five times a week, doing the, the core lifts, the compound lifts, you're just going to probably have a certain amount of nice lean muscle. The bigger lifts help everybody, mm-hmm. right? The bigger lifts do more for you where you get those results that you're after, which is, you know, becoming a fat burning machine. Mm-hmm. So the more muscles you can involve in your exercise programs, the, the better off you are in those rest time when you're growing and the, and the body's having to recover from those workouts. Well, he's made a great point. I mean, the workout itself is not about burning fat. It's about building a stronger metabolism by having a stronger body because muscle can burn fat at rest. And, and that's where the real metabolism boost comes in. But what should be some goals that a young person should set when they go to the gym? Yeah. Uh, well, you know, one thing I did do right was I always kept a log of like what I was doing and and through college, I notebooks filled with like what my workouts were. So I think writing down what you're doing is great, but go further than that, like set up what your week looks like. Mm -hmm. Um, but the, the planning and charting things out and then switching things up every like six to eight weeks or 12 weeks where your, your, your body, once you hit that adaptation point, you know, where your body just kind of like has been doing the same thing over and over, you get really good at it. And you don't see those same, uh, you know, the, the same leveling up of, of mm-hmm. your, of your ability. So changing things up, having deloading where you, you're, you're kind of easing back on the weights that you're using and then going into like a new, a new program that has some new ex- exercises so that you're, uh, you're hitting your body in, in new ways. Yeah, I think that's really important. And uh, I also think that what you, you touched on something that I think is important for them later on in life is adding that variety, adding those dynamic, those athletic movements will keep them mobile and keep them from wearing out their bodies way too young so they're not you know, injured later on. The other thing that really wasn't prominent when we were younger, but is super available to kids these days is nutrition. And although they may have trouble gaining or losing weight or whatever, how important is nutrition for training and for overall health for these kids? Oh, it's, 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 I mean, it's huge. Uh, there's a Larry Scott, who's a, you know, a unbelievable, uh, uh, old time muscle, uh, guy and champion. You know, I think he would say that like, you know, um, I, I'm paraphrasing now, but he would say, you know, 80% of, um, you know, of, of the, res- of the work is, in the done in the kitchen kind of thing. Mm-hmm. It's, it's like the, the, the weight training and the weightlifting, the, the movement, the exercise, it's all very, very important. Don't get me wrong, but what are you feeding your body? I mean, so if you want the physique uh, the, of your dreams, right? It really comes down to like, what are you putting into your system? Uh, and if you're eating, you know, again, the 80-20 rule kind of applies there too. Like if 80% of the time your diet has clean whole foods in it um, and you're not doing the processed chemically altered Franken foods, then you're going to most likely get, get to where you want to be, have the physique that you want. If 80% of the time you're eating like crap and you're only eating 20% of the time clean foods, then it's life's going to be 
are really frustrating for you. You can get away with it to a certain degree when you're younger. I, like most things, when you're younger, the body is just unbelievable, right? You're just running at a higher level. Uh, you can burn through things. You can kind of eat the fast foods. And especially if you're a little bit leaner anyway, as a body type, when you're younger, you can kind of eat anything and get the results you're after. But as with every everything, uh, age, things slow down a little bit. And I know we're talking more about the younger people anyway, but mm -hmm. you're only going to get away with that. And you're now you're setting yourself up for bad habits as you get older. And, and the other thing these days that, that young people have that we don't have or we didn't have as much of when we were younger is challenges with mental health and stress. And, and so sleep quality and dealing with stress in life, that's all made better by the foods that we build our body. If we build a house that are warped boards, the house won't be built strong, right? No doubt about it. Yeah. If your foundation's on sand and yeah. your, your house is going to sink. So mm -hmm. yeah, the, the, the great nutrition is what's going to fortify those bones and connective tissues and supply the muscles with what they need. Uh, the, the, the great quality proteins, those healthy fats that we so desperately need and that the proper complex carbohydrates, not the, not the crappy fried stuff and, mm -hmm. and sugary stuff. And I mean, everyone really genuinely, I think, understands what good or healthy food choices are versus bad ones. Mm -hmm. It's just that we are in such a busy, busy time. Go, go, go. That people just go for the quick, mm -hmm. uh, you know, the quick meal. And, right. and that's really what, what hurts people. That's Coach Chris Wilson from Critical Bench, who's an authority for online fitness and exercise advice. When we come back, he's going to share how we should be approaching training and exercise in our middle years. We'll be right back after this break. Welcome back. We're here with my good friend and fitness expert, Chris Wilson. His YouTube videos on exercise have been viewed all around the world by millions of people. One of my favorites is his top 10 moves for those over 40. In this segment, he shares what we need to know as we exercise during midlife. And now let's get to one of the more complicated demographics. At least I'd like to think that because I'm in that stage right now. And that's people that are reaching middle-aged. And so I'm going to throw everybody in the... 35 to 55 year old category into this bucket. This is me and you, we've got our aches and pains. What should we know uh, if we're continuing to exercise at this age or just starting out for the first time? Okay, um, what we should know is this, that uh, if you're, if you're in 30, the 35 to 55 age range, the body's a pretty amazing machine that you can, still have the body that you want. Um, it's not too late. And I think there's a lot of people that hit that point, uh, maybe not at 35, but certainly around 45 or 50, if they haven't been active, haven't been exercising, they almost feel like, what's the point? Mm -hmm. Why do this? Um, what, what's, how is this going to make my life better? You know, all these things. I don't really, I'm not much of a, a an athlete. I've never w did sports. I, I don't really like exercise, this, that, and the other, but the body with very little activity can start to make great progress, great change. 10 and 20 minute routines is where it's at, I think, for a lot of people in this demographic. And that's where we focus a lot of our stuff on. Uh, we make content for YouTube and for Amazon and, and, and other products and programs. And the stuff that genuinely or, or generally does the best is this, the stuff that's uh, time sensitive. 
people don't have an hour or 90 minutes to, to devote to a gym workout. They have kids to take care of. They have jobs that they, you know, that they have to, you know, worry about. And so if they can squeeze things in and, and that's just fine, you can have an amazing, some of my best workouts are under 20 minutes long. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And it's just about how much work are you doing in that 20 minutes? So you're, it's, you know, it's more like the high intensity interval training, those types of approaches um, where you're sometimes just working with body weight or with just one piece of uh, a strength tool of some kind, whether it's a, an ab wheel or, a, or a sliders or suspension straps or whatever it is. And following a routine that's, uh, you know, for the beginner intermediate. So it's not over the top. It's not super advanced movements, but, if you're doing it uh, with a, a good deal of effort and really watching your how much time you're just kind of wasting resting, mm -hmm. um, you'll you'll have great total body impact, which uh, immediately you're going to see results. I say immediately. I say within 30 days, if you have not been very active in your life and you're in that this middle age category you will see and feel a change in your body, probably feel it first. But uh, this, this, is, this, is the, this is the time where if you get serious, you're going to make the last third of your life so much better. Right. I think you said something that's really important. I want to make sure we clarify this for the listeners. You said you can get the body you want. And I think it's not necessarily the body you think you want, as in like <laughs> what I'm looking at on Instagram, buddy shredded, all yeah. that stuff. It's what you want. And what you want is you want to be pain-free. You want to be able to move around. You want to be physically fit enough to do things. And you want to feel comfortable in your skin. I, is that what you mean by that when you say the body you want? Yeah, I, I, I think most people realize they're not going to look like Ryan Reynolds from, you know, a handful of the movies that he's been in where he's just he's got the, like the perfect physique. Right. Yeah. He, he's tall. He's got the, the good looks. He's got the six pack. He's got good shoulders, like all that stuff. That's just not in the cards for some of us. And I get that. But the dad bod's not a bad body to have either if if it's the right kind of dad bod. I, and I don't mean, you know, a big gut. I, I You know, this, again, falls back to the nutrition side as well. But the body only only needs a certain amount of uh, intense movement for there to be, that, you know, that, that, that stimulus that's required, right, to invoke ch change when we're at rest and to really have that anabolic effect that we're, that we're all hoping for. Um, and because, you know, our workouts, um, that's when we're kind of stripping and tearing and, 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 and having the, you know, you get the pump, but that's when the body's like, Whoa, this is a major stress. Like, what are you doing to me? But then if you're doing all the other things, I know we're going to talk about that. If you're doing all the other things, right. The hydration and nutrition and the sleep and, and, and be, trying to be stress-free, that's, what's going to allow for the muscle growth and for, to get the results that you're after with only maybe, you know, four 20 minute workouts a week. So, so already I'm seeing a difference. You talked about the younger people are sticking to more compound movements, bigger movements, maybe heavier weight, you know, a bit more of an intensity. We're looking at, you know, as you age and you talk about the, the circuit training, I do a Tabata workout in the morning with my buddy yes. with a couple of dumbbells with bands, an ab wheel, a mat and a Swiss ball, and we can have a killer workout. But I looked at a video the other day and it had four, 400,000 views out of it. And it was the top exercises for guys over 40 that you did. And you do a ton of workouts online. And this is where the, the million hits come in. Why are the videos so effective for people these days as opposed to like back in the day when gym culture was, was the be all end all? 
Well, I, obviously YouTube is kind of that such a, a, you know, when it comes to video content, right, you can't get any bigger and more popular than YouTube, right? People go to YouTube for two reasons, how to do something or to be entertained. And people love just, you know, on their phone, they can watch a, a routine or follow along right with it uh, from, from home. And if they like it enough, they'll do it multiple times. Um, I love making those videos where there's, uh, you know, my 10 favorite or 15 favorite, right. Or, or whatever the exercises are, um, that it really features and showcases the, the movements that, that I do in my training that I love the most, where I really break them down and coach you through how to do it exactly right. And then you can decide, do I want to make that exercise part of my routine or not? Maybe I don't like that one. Maybe I like the next three. Mm -hmm. And so then you can kind of build and create your own routine out of, out of that, that, uh, that video, which is more of like a, a teaching video than anything else. But if people do go to the gym, okay, and you've got some of these 10 favorite exercises, what are some exercises that people in that age bracket should incorporate and why? Trying to work on uh, your mobility, but mobility and, and with strength. And so I'm a huge advocate of of body weight activity, of just the basics of your, of your pull-ups, of your squats, bear crawls, um, you know, burpees, things like that, where I feel like if you're can really own it, I've never met a person. I'm trying to think right now. I can't think of anybody off the top of my head. If you went up to 10 different people and asked them, you know, drop and give me 50 push-ups or go over there and do 10 pull-ups, or let me see you do 30 burpees, you know, kind of without stopping, or, you know, whatever it is, if they're able to perform what you're asking, they're probably pretty fit, mm -hmm. is what mm -hmm. I'll say. Mm -hmm. uh, it's a pretty good, like, somebody might be able to squeak out 10 push-ups who's not in good, very good shape, but they're not going to be able to do 50. Mm -hmm. um, and, and I think there's something to it. I think when you're really good at moving your own body in space, without any other form of resistance. It's just your body weight. Yeah. I think there's something to that that sticks with us for a lifetime. Yeah. Because let me, let's just face it, when we, when we do get older, when we do get into that last third of our life, right? So like, let's say like 60 plus, 65 plus, um, you're probably not squatting 315 anymore, uh, but you're probably gonna still get in and out of a car, up and down off a toilet, down and up from the, you know, the dining room table, you know, so I think really being good at moving your own body in space um, as the stimulus is, is vitally important. And I think that needs to be mixed into whatever you are doing. So right. even when I get into these rhythms of like wanting to do a lot of barbell stuff or, or dumbbell stuff, I still like, you know, I, let me drop and, you know, just do some pushups or, or, or body weight squats in between this or something. It's just active recovery movements. If again, if we're doing certain exercises and are doing them on, on a regular basis, I think it, it, it can provide to us a freedom of movement and, and independence in our life uh, down, down the line. So I think no matter your age, young, middle-aged or older body weight training, getting on the ground, crawling, bear crawls, rolling and rocking and uh, anything like that that you can do pull-ups and push-ups and, and all, you know, handstands, all that stuff is so cool. It's mm -hmm. fun and it's no different than what kids do without even thinking about it.
Right. Why are kids so good at movement? I always go back to kids because kids te- can teach us a lot. Kids play on playgrounds and roll and tumble and do cartwheels and do all this stuff. And they're like indestructible and they can move in all different directions. But then we stop when we hit 20 at mm-hmm. doing all of that. It's just play. It's body weight playing. And mm-hmm. so if you can make that part of your life forever, you're probably going to hold on to a certain amount of that. And I think that's what's so important. That's Coach Chris Wilson, who's an online fitness expert. When we come back, he'll talk about the importance of exercise in our senior years so we can have movement while we age. We'll be right back. Welcome back. This segment is important for all of our older listeners. Coach Chris Wilson has trained a variety of populations and recently finished a new program for balance in seniors population. He'll share some of the highlights of this program as well as why exercise is so critical for function as we age. There are people that have been fortunate to go through their entire life and have this with them. You know, I grew up in a household where we used to do planks as a little kid and we ate healthy. My mom was an athlete. My father was athletic as well, but I'll carry that with me my whole life. But when it comes to later on in life, uh, there's still a lot of quality of life to be gained by exercising. Actually, there's probably the most important time of your entire life to be active is as a senior. And this is one thing you've been focusing on a lot. Tell me about why fitness is so critical for seniors. So critical because fitness is the, the basis of fitness is movement, which I know it's a word I've said multiple times here, but when our body stops moving, our body starts dying. Mm-hmm. And what I mean by that is our bodies aren't designed to be sedentary. We have lots of muscles, lots of bones, and our brain actually, uh, there's some great quotes. I don't have one in front of me, but I quote it in my program uh, that's coming up uh, next month. Uh, should should come out at the end of uh, end of February if everything goes uh, as it should. It's called neurobalance therapy. But there's a quote in there that's great. It's that our brain is really designed for movement first, and everything else is secondary. Movement is is life, and when we start sitting idle, everything starts to die. Our 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 muscles atrophy, right? Uh, our our brain. Um, our brain and body are so connected and so in tune with each other that when we stop moving, uh, parts of our brain just start to die too. Um, and so the two things are, are so uh, con- interconnected that, you know, people, you say, how do you feel? How, how you feel there? You know, somebody sitting, sitting down, maybe hasn't moved in an hour and they'll, they'll kind of feel, how do you feel when you're in a long car ride? Mm-hmm. Right. And all you're doing is just sitting sitting for hours at a time, staring out the road, driving, right? You kind of feel tired and lethargic and, 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 you know, you're maybe not in the best of moods. How do you feel after you go out for a 10 minute walk, mm-hmm. you go outside in the sunshine and just move your body for 10 minutes and you come back to your desk or whatever you're doing, you just feel reignited, re-energized, ready to go again clarity and better focus and all these things. Why? It's just because you moved, you circulated blood, you, you stimulated things. And that's what fitness is for us at any age. But absolutely, once we get older and life just lends itself to being less active, right? We don't maybe have a job to go to anymore. We just kind of find a few odds and ends, uh, things to do around the house, but we find ourselves sitting and watching more television and, you know, mm-hmm. things like that because, you know, we just, life's less busy. And, and we got aches and pains and things have built up and, over the and years. more it's, aches and pains, right? Yeah, People yeah. say, ooh, if it hurts, don't do it. 
Well, yes, to a certain level. If you know you're injuring yourself, then maybe stop that that movement and find something else that's more agreeable. But there's going to be a certain level of maybe discomfort or mild pain with certain movement patterns when you reach a certain age. doesn't mean you should just stop using your body now because that that doesn't feel amazing. Your joints don't work at 70 like they did at 17. So you just maybe have to to reconfigure how you do things, find, you know, modifications to things, but never stop the moving. The happiest older people I see are the people that are outside holding each other's hands and and going for walks and or going and playing tennis. And they do that regularly and life is good for those people. Well, and quite often, you know, as you get older, you're seeing your physician more regularly. So you can ask them and just say, hey, is this safe for me to do this stuff? It feels a little creaky. And they said, of course, it feels a little creaky. You've got some arthritis because you were an athlete as a kid. And now those joints are worn out. But it doesn't mean you shouldn't do it. So, yes, that's a great message, Chris. I think that's really important. One of the things that's really important within their fitness, besides mobility, which we all know that'd be important. But why is balance so critically important for seniors? Yeah, balance I think is is an area where people is, they take it for granted their whole life, right? When we get older, a fall could be catastrophic. A fall could lead to death within a year, because mm-hmm. uh, if you fall and your bones aren't very strong anymore, and you break something like your pelvis or your shoulder, um, life is going to be extremely challenging and painful for you, and will lead to even less movement and can lead to depression and lots of other things. And then you end up with fear-based living. And that's just not a healthy place to be. So the more movement you can do and the more stuff you can incorporate like balance activities, things where you're shifting your center of gravity or on one foot or you know, you know, using uh, uh, some type of uh, simple apparatus where you're, uh, you know, twisting and rotating and and moving the hips and bending over and just kind of day-to-day movement patterns mm-hmm. uh, that are actually, you know, I say really easy or look very easy to do. But if, again, we take things for granted, uh, bending over and picking something up and standing up and kind of having a dizzy feeling. I mean, geez, I, I've gotten that before mm-hmm. and I'm only in my middle 40s, you know, so... It's uh, we don't want anyone uh, to lose their sense of balance or to live in fear uh, because that is what's going to lead to a loss of independence. Mm-hmm. Well, you said it's, it's interesting because if anybody here tuned into this episode, they were like, they're going to talk exercise. So it's going to be arm curls, you know, bench press, you know what I mean? Dumbbells. You know, your advice for young people was do compound movements and while you're young, load them and learn how to do them properly. Your advice for middle-aged people was get mobility, do big functional compound movements, keep the body moving and use as much weight as you can in a safe way. And as you're a senior, keep those movements, keep the full body. Now just maybe do it for day-to-day function and not trying to lift anything outside of what you'd need to do in a day-to-day life. So that makes perfect sense to me. And that's really what exercise is supposed to be. It, it, it really is. It's moving the body through its fullest range of motion safely, uh, no matter your age and no matter what load you're working with. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, somebody who's 75 can still do a deadlift. <laughs> yeah. In fact, I think that's the number one exercise for anyone at any age to ever do. It depends on what, what apparatus are they working with and how much weight is it? Maybe, uh, maybe somebody who's 75 should just do a deadlift with a 20 pound dumbbell sitting up on its side, mm-hmm. you know? versus someone who's 20 who can deadlift for reps with 
you know, 315 pounds and do it well. Um, and if you're, if you are that 20 year old who's doing it well, there's a very good chance if you are consistent and stay active that you're going to be that 75 year old. Cause I know I'm going to be who's mm-hmm. still deadlifting and still trying to, uh, maintain a certain level of, of strength. Well, it, yeah. If somebody says, why does the senior citizen need to be able to deadlift? It's like, well, a garbage bag coming out of the garbage can at your house, if you live by yourself, weighs 20 pounds. And if you lift it properly, you're doing a deadlift. As you <laughs> That's that. right. Yeah. It's, it's right. If you have a cat and you have to pick up cat litter, if you buy water at the grocery store, a, 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 you know, a big package of water bottles, it, that, that, could, that could be 40 pounds. Mm-hmm. So it all depends on uh, on how much, again, you want uh, to, that freedom in your life, that independence in your life where you can do for yourself. Mm-hmm. And I think most of us want to hold on to that as long as we possibly can, because mm-hmm. that's what I want for myself. And I know that's the, the clients I've always worked with want for themselves. Mm-hmm. They, they want to be able to be uh, in control of their, of their day to day and not have to be uh, relying on someone else to facilitate things for them in life. Right. So you talked a little bit about having some lightweights at home, but what are, what's some other equipment that people could use safely if yeah. they were working out at home? Absolutely. Um, besides like a, a, a pair or two of dumbbells, I love a kettlebell. Uh, it does not have to be very heavy. It's just an iron ball with a handle on it. It's so versatile. You can use it for so many different things. Uh, really great to have. Uh, a medicine ball is another great apparatus. Um, you could get, I would recommend like a lighter one and a heavier one. So many different activities that you can do with that. Great for strengthening the muscles of the core, uh, you know, the lower back, the abdominal area. Um, and you could do a lot of dynamic uh, tossing drills. Uh, again, love anything that's athletic that gets you rotating and twisting the spine. Because again, we, we do a lot less of that when we get older unless we're, you know, active and participating in lots of sport, um, rotating and twisting the spine is really what gives you that spinal health for sure. Uh, long-term, uh, another thing I would get, I, I I've said suspension a few times. Suspension is amazing. Cause you're, again, you're working with your own body weight and it's so easy to just hook on something. I mean, you can hook it up on your garage, in your garage on a, on, you know, something that's mounted, and just have a suspension strap. It's like a hundred bucks to get a good set of straps. And then you have a full, full body workout at your fingertips every day. Mm-hmm. Uh, stability balls are great for certain exercises. Certainly you can pair that with your dumbbells uh, to, to have a bunch of exercises. And then you get the power bands and the mini bands, mm-hmm. uh, which I think are fantastic too. Cause then you get that, that accommodating resistance, right? The, right? the more you stretch the band, the harder that it gets. And so the, the, the power bands are those like thicker, bigger ones that you mm-hmm. can loop around things. And then the mini bands are those nice little small ones you can kind of put around your ankles or knees and do a variety of movements uh, mm-hmm. with those as well. So, I mean, those are some of the cheapest, but most helpful strength tools to have at your disposal. And you'll never get bored. Right. Talk about never getting bored. Your training and your exercise, if you do it through your whole life, will change and will evolve and it will become different as you go along. And that's another fun aspect to kind of look forward to. It's like, okay, I'm going to do something different and my goals have changed. Chris, if, if somebody wanted to check out some of your stuff online, how can they find, uh, find some of your videos? Certainly. Just go on any platform and type in the words Critical Bench. If you go to YouTube, type Critical Bench. We have over 4,000 videos on our YouTube channels. Instagram is at the Critical Bench. 
Facebook, certainly, again, just type in Critical Bench. But if you like podcasting, which you probably do if you're listening right now, uh, you can check out the Strong by Design show, which I uh, got my shirt here. I got the I got the picture on the wall, a strong by design podcast. I'm one of the uh, honored to be one of the co-hosts on, on our, uh, our podcast show. We've had that for almost three years and it's just giving back really. It's just such a, a fun time to be able to speak with really inspiring and super intelligent people from all around the world with various backgrounds and find out what make, keeps them strong in mind, body, and spirit. That's awesome. Well, it was nice to get you on the other side of the questions today. Uh, it was a real. It was great to catch up with you. It's been way too long. But thanks so much for sharing your expertise, with everybody, today, Chris. Absolutely, my my pleasure, Mike. Awesome talking with you. Thanks to Chris for taking the time to chat today. If you're looking for great fitness info for free, you can check out their Critical Bench channels on YouTube and all social networks. His message today emphasized the importance of movement through exercise in all phases of life. Whether we're young or old, we need to keep our bodies moving. And perhaps Chris's most important message is to do activity that you enjoy so you can do it throughout your life. Thanks for joining us today. I'm your host, Dr. Mike Wall. We'll see you back here next week for another episode of the Wellness and Healthy Lifestyle Show on your VOCM.